Hello and welcome. It's the finale of season two of The Road Provides, a travel podcast for the next generation of travelers, adventurers, and vagabonds. I'm your host, Bradford Clements. Joining me on this comet through the travel cosmos is my co-host, Nate Sundermeyer, aka the Prince Harry of Travel. We finish off this season by handing out our annual travel awards. We're dubbing the roadies. So grab some popcorn and buckle up your ears. This is The Road Provides. I'm grabbing Megan, I'm flipping off the crown, and I'm leaving it all behind. Again, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us for this last episode. Nate, how's everything going in the royal family this week? Well, A, I'm just happy to be here and I'm uh, pretty excited about this uh, this episode we got going on here. But, you know, on the contrary, royal family could probably be a bigger dumpster fire than the Kardashians at the moment. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I'm not Oprah, but I'm happy to have you. <laughs> What are your thoughts on the royal family? We kicked this around real quick. How do you rate the British crown? I, I do, you watch, kind of, do you watch Bridgerton? I, I, I feel like I don't really subscribe to it that much, despite having Prince Harry be the closest thing to a doppelganger I could ever hope for. With redheads, it's slim pickings, so I always wanted to be Prince Harry and not Carrot Top or Ron Weasley, so that was uh, that's probably my closest association with the family. I will say... This whole thing kind of is, it's just kind of crazy because it's its a long time institution that has kind of been uh, unveiled been, for being a bit dicey, huh? Well, and it's been bulletproof, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's, who's taking shots at the crown? And I feel like people are taking shots right now. 2021 is going to be crazy. 2020 was popping off, but 2021 could be, I mean, it's on path to even surpass that, so... It's had a hot start. It's had. Do you a have start. any? Do you have any hot takes on any? Do you have any like specific feelings on Harry and Meghan? No, but I have a Meghan Markle story. I'm all ears. <laughs> so I was broke, living in San Diego, and my boy was up in LA, and he was just like, "Brad, come up, I'll get you a job to make some money." Shouts to Dave Fry, Big Dave, my homie, I love you. So I rode the train up to LA. He's like, "Yeah, we're working on this game show." And I said, okay, so I'm going to go work on this game show. Well, it ended up being Deal or No Deal. Do you remember that? Of course, game yeah. Show. It's with the uh, briefcase. The suitcases, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was Megan Markle one of the girls who opened those? Dude, she was a suitcase girl. No and way. So we, I got on in season one, and I did, I don't know, maybe half the episodes, and then a little bit of season two. So I was literally working on set with Megan Markle. And you know who else was a briefcase girl, a suitcase no girl? No way. Who? What's Chrissy Teigen? No way. John John Legends. And, it's like well, the, it's the rags to riches. I mean, it's clearly like, it's just like the catalyst for great big things. So I'm sitting there just like Joe Schmo. So maybe if I play my cards a little right, it could have been you. Did you I actually a, have any conversations a, with her? I was a step away from the crown. Nah, I could see that, you be like awkwardly hitting on those suitcase girls, though. You know, I was just a little peasant PA. You don't really talk to the talent like that. But yeah, one yeah. one time behind like. Uh, behind scenes or whatever, I was just kind of standing there like a hump. And one of the suitcase girls came up and was like, hey, you know, are you from so-and-so? Like, you remind me of a friend. And I was just like, nah. And she just kind of looked at me and just like kept walking. <laughs> half an hour later. Well, come on. <laughs> half an hour later, I was like, Duh. I was like, that was my chance. I could I could have maybe had a moment. Uh, but don't you have a Prince Harry story? Uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, it's 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 kind of a Prince Harry adjacent story. As I said, I would rather be Prince Harry than Carrot Top. So in my eyes, I thought it was like being like, who's your doppelganger? And be like, Prince Harry? Because it's like a bit of a stretch, right? It's like everyone's like, he's so handsome, etc. Yeah. My best friend Maria's mom was in uh, Vancouver Island when Megan and um, last year when Megan and Harry moved out there and saw him at a cafe and like saw him from pretty close and she's like, Nate, you're better looking than Prince Harry. And I said, Karen, I swear to God, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, that has to be the biggest compliment. It's kind of like an underrated thing about your name and what you look like, whether you've got red hair or 
whatever your association. It's good to have a positive association, like a good famous association yeah, to yeah, your yeah. name or what you look like. I People mean, see just... you and go, has anyone ever told you you look like Prince Harry? Uh, that never, no one ever comes up to me and says that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I have gotten that a few times before, but like for that, you, what would that be? That I don't know. Everybody thinks I look like somebody different who's famous, but people have recently said, what was the guy who was in like the motorcycle uh, TV show, Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that a what, lot. Whatever that guy's I, I, name. I definitely feel that. Anyways, people say that, but imagine if you look like the Papa John's guy and people are like, oh, you look oh, like the yeah, Papa yeah. John's guy. Oh, who wants the peddler to... Jared from Subway. <laughs> yeah, that's skinny like, Jared. Yeah, who wants to have those associations with yeah, what yeah. you look like or, with, or what your name is? So yeah, anyway. Let's, All right, well, let's, let's, yeah, let, let's let it rock. Let's let this episode ride. Speaking of which, travel takes, if this is your first time, welcome. It's the finale. You're a bit late, but we'll you take it. You might have it. missed something. <laughs> What are travel takes? Imagine sitting at the Super Bowl in the stadium, and all of a sudden, right after Fergie finishes a three-minute national anthem, there's two fighter jets coming in, dropping absolute flames of chemtrails right over the stadium. These are our hot takes. So what chemtrails are you dropping this week, Brad? Uh, My chemtrail this week is... My travel take this week is... Invest in travel. When this is all over, the travel game is going to be, and by this, I mean a pandemic. When this is all over, the travel game is going to be ridiculous. Roaring 20s. When I walk on a plane in 2022, I'm expecting champagne waterfalls. Flight attendants are going to be walking around with a silver platter full of recreational drugs. Diplo is going to be DJing from first class. You said it. People are joking about the Roaring Twenties are coming back. Yes, but this is the Roaring Twenties with modern aviation. These fools were still getting around in horse in a horse and buggy in the 1920s. Our Roaring Twenties are going global. So what do I mean invest? Literally invest. Airbnb stock? All in. Theme parks? Disney? I think that's a safe bet. Uber? It's trading at $53 a share right now. So I'm waiting for it to dip, Nate. I'm waiting for the Stonks. dip. Stonks, yeah, yeah, you, got you that. You buy the dip. I'm waiting for it to dip into the 40s, and then I'm hammering it. You get where I'm going with this, but let me just add, I'm not qualified to give investment tips, so there's that. Lastly, stocks aside, invest in your own travel portfolio. Start setting aside $10, $20, $100 a month so when the gun goes off in 2022, you are ready to launch into orbit like one of Elon Musk's rockets. If you're looking for a camper trailer for a U.S. road trip, start shuffling through eBay now before inventory gets too low. And lastly, you want to stay at the raddest Airbnb in Paris next spring? So will everybody else. Do your research now and book ASAP. I want to end this off with a quote, Nate, if you would indulge. The stock market is filled with individuals who know the price of everything but the value of nothing. My advice is assess what you value and travel now when things aren't normal and you have the time to reflect on them. So when that things get back to normal in the somewhat near future, you have a clear idea of what you want to prioritize when the travel portal opens up. Well, yeah, I'm happy you did mention you're not uh, a financial consultant because I think this episode's really coming into a hot start with we're talking about the royal family, we're talking about stonks. stonks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an absolute smorgasbord, but I will say I think you have two good points there. A, travel industry, while it has been absolutely a nightmare, is about to rebound. Second thing is I like the idea of setting aside money to go do that however thought about this put that hundred dollar towards the travel stocks and then boom you really got both you're hitting them from both angles it's the one-two punch that's an absolute knockout way to invest into travel yeah i like that see see you're using your head yeah all right all right it's all in have you ever seen that game show where people go running around the grocery store uh, yeah, it's like the mad grocery dash or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And they've got like a minute to grab as much shit as possible. That's yeah. what I picture like the first year of post pandemic being. But people, but instead of groceries, people are just going to be like trips, events, yeah. festivals. It's just going to be fucking every man and woman for themselves. Like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be Black Friday circa 2008. Open doors. Everyone's a 42 inch plasma. People are, you know, more people die from a human stampede than shark attacks and snake, snake bites combined. 
I that's what's gonna is happen. Is that a real? Is that a real stat? It's a real. St- uh, it's, I mean, everything. Every that's stat that I have. Every stat that I have, you should definitely take with a grain of salt. Is that wisdom? But, Am I hitting an age where I know that my stats are bullshit? <laughs> dude, when Walmart opens the doors on Black Friday, you just can't run in there willy nilly, right? Yeah. You have to know Get what section and what aisle you're running to. You got to go on the Monday to know what's going to. Like, All right, the TVs are back here. Yes, easy, exactly. You I'm gonna know. go. I, I've mapped it out. It's 40 yards this way. I've, <laughs> it's the quickest route to get the TV. I don't know what else you'd buy from Walmart, to be honest. I, I don't all that, the Xbox, etc. I've never Pop done a Black off. Friday, so 100%. anyways, well, I really that's... like that travel. T- I really like that travel take, and I think uh, I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna carry the same kind of energy into this next one. So let's do buckle it. Buckle the fuck up, Brad. All right, listeners. Here's my travel take. Lean into your quarter life crisis. I know what you're thinking. Nate, you're not Brene Brown. This is a travel podcast. Brad should not be talking about stocks or the royal family, and I'm with you. But I'm saying that when this pandemic is up, there's no better time to let those deep urges loose and pop the fuck off. You don't know what you want to be when you grow up? Neither do I. And I'm saying it's okay, but don't be afraid to live in the meantime. Your lease is up and you can go work remotely? Go do it in Hawaii and learn to surf. Feeling like you want to let your hair down but don't want to develop an expensive cocaine habit? Rip scooters through Southeast Asia and party for two months. You're starting a new job? Push that start date back, buy a Miata, and drive it across the country. I think I've really held back from an absolute battle cry of going and getting out there for the listeners for the last two seasons, but I'm done. I'm had it. This is it. You'll never regret the money and the time you spent on traveling and experiences. Fuck this idea of a quarter-life crisis and just do you. Go after what you want to do. Brad, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Nate, I'm leaning into this. (laughs) (laughs) That's Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, (laughs) I just did did it when you said not to do it. (laughs) Yeah, this hits really close to home. I feel like I've been using a quarter-life crisis as my excuse to travel for the last 15 years. So, you know, I feel like you're kind of talking to me. But you make great points. Listen, that job's probably still going to be there when you come back. And if you need to take a couple months, you know, just to let loose, maybe, uh, I'm not going to say it, but find something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think kind of, to kind of put that more eloquently, and again, I know we're getting into the self-help book category here, but I, when I was 21, 22, my mom gave me this quote that was like, if you don't know what you're passionate about, follow your curiosity. And I think that's it. Right now, it's like all this is going on. You're like, I don't know if I want to be a, in my finance job forever. Is PR for me for for the rest of my life? I don't know. But you know what I'm curious about? Learning to surf. You know what I'm curious about? Riding a motorcycle. You know what I'm curious about? Bali. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and so just go and do it because you're not going to regret that. And who knows what will happen from that pivot? You could just open up a whole can of worms and come back and then it's like, oh, shit, that's the new Kanye. Except it's not Kanye. It's you. <laughs> You know, I think it's important here to mention that there is kind of a financial concern. 100%. Your sister mentioned this in in the last pod, shouts to Taylor. And I know a lot of people must be thinking about it if you've got student loans and student debts you're paying off. And maybe you feel a little guilty going and traveling for two or three months when you know you've got staring down the barrel of 50K in student loans. But I'm telling you, like that's... That money's still going to be there for another 10 years. Don't feel any shame or guilt for taking two months off just to enjoy your fucking 20s, bro. Like, you won't be in your 20s. Trust me, I know. Uh, You won't be in your 20s again. And this is such, like, a cool time. You've got the energy. You've got the stamina. I did some volunteering and stuff in my mid-20s, late-20s. And I worked with nonprofits and stuff like that. And so I was trying new things. I don't think a job is going to look at a gap in your resume. And if you tell them, hey, yeah, I went to Latin America. I volunteered for a couple of weeks while I backpacked and learned how to speak Spanish. I think most people would be like, that's pretty fucking rad. I kind of wish I did that too. You know, Everyone I, always if, says it, yeah. And if anything, I think it's an asset if you can make it happen so i think it's the it's the x factor a lot of times i feel like i got my it was a really competitive internship in dc and i got it because the guy the guy was like that's amazing that you were the mascot and the other one was like that's so cool you play on the women's soccer team i was like is this what's getting me the job (laughs) 
So you never know. I feel like it's just like just it's, kind of it's society. Separate. Society says this is the path. This is the game of life. Roll the dice and keep moving along the board. But you're like, yo, let me hop off the MF and board for just a hot second and rip something somewhere and do it. <laughs> <laughs> it separates you from the Johns and Janes of the world. You know what I mean? A lot and of good Johns can, and Janes out there. Shout out to my Johns and Janes. If you can flip a quarter life crisis into a learning experience where at least you you pick something up. Like you said, I think I think it's a, yeah. a solid move on the board. 100%. All right. Well, I liked I liked both those hot takes and I think uh, the travel takes and I think I don't know, I'm feeling good, man. I feel like this is woo. All right, we're finale. Come we're, on. We're picking up steam. Let's move into our awards, shall we? Today we are handing out our annual absolutely subjective the road subjective. <laughs> the road provides travel awards. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the roadies this is our take on the paper plate awards we all did in high school, grade school, high school, grade school. Every I did it in college even. <laughs> well, the, I think uh, underarching theme is they're quirky, obscure, but underneath them, they're laced with underlying, sometimes painfully honest truths. So without further ado, let's get things kicked off, Brad. Brad, what's your first paper plate award? Let's do it. Our first award tonight is the Little Nas X Award. This is the award for the travel location that was hot for a minute, but that can go away for a while. And the award goes to Iceland. Interesting. Uh, I must say, it's no fault of Iceland, really. Stunning country, great people by all accounts. But I mean, pre-pandemic, everyone and their dog was going to Iceland. There were horror stories, Nate, did you hear them, of massive herds of tourists at like all the popular destinations? I've felt, felt them and seen them firsthand. So I really kind of blame travel magazines and blogs. I'm sure the Iceland Tourism Board had something to do with this at the beginning. But when a destination gets this much clout, you end up getting the dreaded zoo effect of tourism. Adding to the crush was this emergence of WOW Airlines, which offered super cheap flights to Iceland from North America. Did you fly WOW over there? I think I flew Iceland Air. I think I flew WOW once, but mainly Iceland Air. Okay. Well, WOW's bankrupt now. So that happened before the pandemic, so don't feel bad about it. And I think this might ease the, the tourist crush from the United States, but I'm still suggesting we should all put Iceland on ice for a little bit clever what yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one, one last reason to avoid Iceland anytime soon is they just recorded 17,000 that's a real that's not a Nate stat that's a real stat 17,000 earthquakes last week so you know things might be a little unstable in Iceland right now yeah I feel like you like googled bad things about Iceland and then it was like page three it was like by the way there's some earthquakes mm -mm. Uh, uh, uh that was first page news <laughs> first page news I think um Obviously, volcanoes, earthquakes, those are negative effects. I think like any tourist destination, there's the beaten path and there's the one to get off of. You go to France, you're going to go to Paris, you're going to go to Versailles, get off of that. It's the same idea. My sister and I did the ring road across, like around the whole country. You leave Reykjavik like an hour north and like kind of go the opposite way of the Golden Triangle. And it's like you're out there. You feel like you're in Middle Earth. And I mean, it's just you and your little shit Nissan Micra bopping along the coast. So I think there are ways to still do it. But honestly, Little Nas in Iceland still have redeeming qualities. And I think you're coming off way too hot, Brad. Like I say, it's not really Iceland's fault. There's a cycle and this happens every couple years. Just before Iceland or maybe around the same time was Portugal. Everybody was on the Portugal train, right? Let's go to Portugal. Everybody's going to Portugal. And then it just becomes mobbed and flooded out. Nothing against Iceland. I'm sure there'll be something else on on the horizon here soon that'll just get mobbed so you know it is what it is just as we've moved on from little Lyle's x maybe he has a space come to come back, back here i thought post malone was dead after uh white iverson but look at him now oh he evolved little Lyle's x did not evolve he dyed his eyebrows white and his beard white and tried to make a christmas single name i think you're there's coming no... after gen z a bit too hard right here i think that's there's... really what's underlying here no there's no coming at... when you start dyeing your eyebrows white it's a game over it's time to time to take a seat anyways nate let's get us to our second award of the evening would you please the honor awesome this is the bring a puppy to the bar award it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like you're better off when you enter a bar because you have a puppy this award goes to the best travel companions, and it's awarded to the Dutch. 
Brad, it's no secret I love the Dutch and I've traveled extensively with the Dutch. You have? But you know what? It's The merit is worth it. You don't know what will hit you and hit the road, but the Dutch are like the Swiss army knife of nationalities. They have something for everything. Got nothing to do on a five-hour bus ride? They'll burst out their corkscrew and open up a bottle of alcohol just for shits and gigs. For the laughs. This is a bit of a personal anecdote here. Acting like a little bitch because you're hungry or tired? They'll use their sharp, scathing knife that is their sense of humor and bring you down back to reality. The Dutch are fearless. They're fun. They're confident. They're exuberant. Okay, I'm probably going a bit far there. (laughs) But because of this, there's no better nationality per capita I'd rather have by my side when I'm on the road. Are you with me or you're not? Wow. Wow, Nate. This uh, This is the first surprise of the night, I must say. I feel like this is Macklemore getting best rap album when Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar's Lamar, To yeah. Pimp a Butterfly <laughs> is out there. It feels like you just drafted Mitch Trubisky when Patrick Mahomes was still on the board, Nate. And, and by that, I mean the Australians are still on the board. Pound for pound, best travel companion. Who The no. puppy you want to bring into a bar who immediately makes your day, night, evening trip better. It's the Aussies. And it, the Aussies are like the Americans of the Southern Hemisphere. And I'm not the person who said that. They're kind of confident. You go to Indonesia and it's Aussies acting like demigods. Yeah. Because they, they run the place. But the thing is, is... Are they I not fun, though? Are they not they, fun? No, there are a ton of fun Aussies. I think they're definitely playing second fiddle. It's like if you bring the second puppy into the bar. Oh. The first puppy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't I double think, puppy. You, as, can't, you can't yeah, have yeah, yeah, puppies. No one double puppies, yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's trying too hard. But I think the the Dutch just, I think they're awesome, but they're humble. Yeah, I agree. The Aussies know they're sick. Yeah, they yeah, should, yeah. They are sick. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, the whole country is like everyone looks like John John Floor. Everyone looks like a fucking surfing legend. They're cool. They can drink a ton. I mean, they're absolutely weapons. But I think the big thing is humility. I mean, the Dutch are just like, they get about it. Like, they don't need to like have this big event. It's just like, you know, we're out here doing our thing. They're in their lane. Excellent, like, excellent point. The humility, the humility really changes, changes the element of, of the game right there. What tool on the Swiss Army knife would be humility? I don't know. <laughs> the one, that, the 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 one that uh, you can pick the, your the little toothpick you pull out of <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, the little toothpick exactly. Uh, uh, I, I think it's important to qualify here that you did live in the Netherlands when you were younger, so you've got yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I, I probably know more Dutch than. Besides Spanish than any other language, that probably helps. But it's all the dirty bits, too. So, all right, what's your next award here, Brad? All right, the next award this evening, we're calling the Sour Diesel Award. This is the fire weed of all travel destinations. A timeless classic that is guaranteed to get you high. Its vector on the travel matrix is unassailable. And the award goes to Big Sur, California. Big Sur is like walking through an Ansel Adams photograph, but in color. Humans shouldn't be here. In fact, the stretch, speaking of current affairs and current news, a stretch of the Pacific Coast Highway that leads you to Big Sur keeps falling into the ocean. It just fell into the ocean like two weeks ago. So, you know, maybe nature is trying to tell us something. Don't go. (laughs) Like, don't go. Walking through the redwoods of Big Sur is like passing through an open-air cathedral. You can have the Sistine Chapel... St. Paul's, St. Peter's, just give me day a day in the Redwoods and I'll find God. I'm on the record for saying the California coast is overrated, but this place is definitely not. If you're looking to impress a girlfriend, propose, celebrate an anniversary, look no further. Big Sur provides. I lived an hour and a half from it. I'm surprised I didn't go. I, that was 18-year-old Nate. I've evolved. I've been like more like, oh, well, I'm going to wake up at four and drive and see the sunrise. Like, that's more me now. I sound like that more now, too. Everyone, I've never heard anyone say, nope, Big Sur didn't provide. Everyone's like, that's amazing. And there's so much along that region Absolutely. that it just feels you're seeing something that you've never seen. Like, it just is. Where'd you live when you were an hour and a half away? I lived in Redwood City for a hot second, which is like in between San Francisco and San Jose. But it was my parents lived there for eight months. I was there for a month after my freshman year of college, um, and it showed. We can't can't hold you responsible for that. But interested in the proximity of where you live, because there's a ton of cool shit around there. You can go to Big Sur and do the uh, Pacific Coast Highway, but you can also hit Caramel by the Sea, or Carmel by the Sea, excuse me, Pebble Beach, 
Monterey, Napa and San Francisco are close-ish. Yosemite is about a four-hour drive from Big Sur. So, I mean, all that's, that's peak NorCal. That's everything you want from a Northern California trip. But I'm telling you, you should hone in on Big Sur and the PCH if you can drive it. It sounds like you can't drive south to north because the road has fallen into the ocean, though they say it's supposed to be fixed by this summer. So if you're planning to go anytime soon, you want to do SF. That sounds dangerous. South. Yeah, I mean, have you you haven't driven it, I guess. No. That road is just you can't if you're driving, here's the thing is you should go with somebody. Because if you're driving, you literally like you can't look yeah. off into the ocean yeah. because you have to it's just windy. You're on cliffs, bro. Like you're literally the mountains are falling into the ocean. And so, you know, you gotta kinda watch where you drive. So the hack is the hack. To, to go with a partner. Bring a partner know, of five, and, yeah. And exchange who's driving. And who's not? That's and, a really good uh, little hack there, and I do appreciate that because who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll parlay a trip this uh, this fall. Yeah, take your uh, take your little love interest out there, and you know, consummate the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, anyways, moving on, moving on to my ne- moving on to my next award. Um, on the same vein, my next award is the Jake from State Farm Award. Travel insurance covers stolen items, missed flights, and a handful of other things. But there's some things that travel insurance can't help you with. This award is given to the item that covers these uncoverables. The Jake from State Farm Award goes to American condoms. I don't care if you're a man, woman, single, taken, or anywhere in between. If you're even considering boinking on the road, you pose the threat of STDs and even worse, pregnancy. Losing your iPhone might cost you a grand, but what about 18 years of child support? (laughs) As heights and shoe sizes vary around the world, so do the size of members. You get abroad, you'll have language barriers, awkward pharmacy interactions, and forced shot-off-the-hip assumptions about other nationalities' dick size. Brett, I'm going to ask you this. What's the difference between a slim Spanish condom and an extra-large Japanese Jimmy? I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you that. But I can tell you the difference between a Magnum, your run-of-the-mill Trojan, and those free guys you get at the student health center in college. Take back control. You have control here. American condoms win this award for the peace of mind it offers you. Take size and, more importantly, quality into your own hands and grab a hold of your destiny with your own piece of home. Come on. (laughs) Destiny? Peace. Uh, it's just a literal minefield of sexual innuendo. Rewind it, rewind it. And, and adding to the analogy, do you want to go into battle with a bulletproof vest you haven't tried on yet, Nate? No. Are you going to go into war without a helmet that fits right? I say nay. You I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, also, I think looking at, looking, obviously, we're taking one piece of that puzzle there as men who have traveled singly on the road. Then you look at, couples and women getting good quality condoms that you know are going to work it's important i mean it's like just take that variable out of it get your own shampoo over there but bring your own (laughs) shit you know (laughs) yeah it's one of those it's one of those things that i feel like no one's talked about can has anyone talked about this i have who's looking out for number one (laughs) it's funny we've what have we done? How many times have we talked about travel accessories and things you must pack on the road? I've never mentioned this, but every fucking time I travel in my dop kit or little sack, I've got a couple handfuls of these things. They always come back unused. Oh God! Give them, but, give them to, a, give them to a friend. You know, yeah, like just what I'm trying to say but, is but like, you know, it's better to have them if you need, yeah. than to, you know, to do what. I don't know. I think this is. I hopefully this. Hopefully this doesn't get lost. I think this is really sound advice. Absolutely Anyways, sound advice. Let's that, move on to the next. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. In our next award tonight, this is the Kelly Rowland Award. This is the award for the second banana of adventure destinations. There's not enough room in this world for two Beyonces, much less than Destiny's Child. But K. Row is still fucking hot and talented. Even if I can't name a song she's sung. Anyway, the Kelly Rowland Award goes to the Bay Islands in Honduras. When it comes to underwater adventure, everyone clamors about the Great Barrier Reef with good reason. But the second largest barrier reef in the world is in the Caribbean. 
It stretches from Cancun down through Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. And from the Bay Islands in Honduras, you'll find some of the cheapest and best scuba diving in the world. It's the Cairo of scuba. Does anyone call her Cairo? I just think I called her Cairo. That's it. Okay, I, I think I really like the idea of this alternate destination. I'm going to give you that. However, people worship Beyonce like a religion. No one worships Kelly Rowland as a religion. However, and that's what I'm trying to say is, in this metaphor, Beyonce is the Great Barrier Reef. Cairo is just another artist. Is yeah. Honduras just another place you can scuba dive? Don't do that to Kelly Rowland, Nate. Don't minimize Kelly Oh, you Kelly don't even know Rowan. one of her songs. She's, she's an artist. Here's the point. See what's happened to Beyonce? You can't even talk about Beyonce. And that's the Great Barrier Reef. You can't even touch the Great Barrier Reef anymore because so many people have touched it. Now it's dying. It's been over-traveled. It's been overworked. There's too much of an industry around the Great Barrier Reef, just like there's too much of an industry around Beyonce. So I'm saying give some love to the second banana. Right, get down to the Bay Islands and Honduras. It's so much more accessible, like Kelly Rowland. You want a Kelly Rowland autograph? You could probably walk up and get a <laughs> Kelly Rowland. You want to get near Beyonce? No, I don't think so. You can't get near Beyonce. Just like you can't get near the Great Barrier Reef yeah, anymore. If you had a bar, you, if you had a bar mitzvah, you, I bet you could hire Kelly Rowland. Yes. If you had enough money, you couldn't get you couldn't get Beyonce at bar mitzvah. Couldn't get near anywhere near Beyonce. Anyways, I got certified to scuba dive in the Bay Islands. It cost me 250 bucks at the time. It was on the island of Utila. It's bumped up to about 290 now, but that's with a, uh, accommodation included. Incredible spot. In January and February, you can see whale sharks. It's also an incredible place to party. So I'm telling you, if you're looking for an adventure, kind of close to home, reasonably priced, accessible, you can get your picture taken with with the Bay Islands. You can't get yeah. your picture taken with the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, I was just—I think also like the idea that these countries are going to be open. Like Costa Rica is open, Mexico's open. These countries are going to be open up sooner than big, you know, transcontinental Aust travel. I don't think anybody's getting into Australia for the next. No, from Australia, America, New Zealand. No, don't even think about it. No, no way. Let's move on, Nate. What do you have for our next award for the evening? My next award, Brad, it's the Senior Prom Award. You've had in your mind your whole life that this will be your night, but your heightened expectations are quickly slashed as it ends up being just another night where you're walking home disappointed with your hands in your pocket. This award is for the biggest letdown on any travel experience, and the award goes to the Grand Canyon. Oh, I can't oh. believe I'm saying this. Look at I'm from Arizona, the Grand Canyon State. I might even go as far as saying I might get a cactus tattoo on my arm. But the Grand Canyon is just a massive hole in the ground. Roll up, see it, take it in, 15 minutes, and you kind of get the gist of it. That's it. Absolutely. It took three hours to drive from my childhood home to the Grand Canyon and was bordering on being just too far to warrant a visit. I pity the fool who flies to the Grand Canyon from China, other parts of Asia, Europe, just to stand on the edge for an hour or two. It wins this award because I just feel like it's the biggest feeling of saying – Oh, I'm going to go see it. And then you get there and you say, well, that's it. Everybody's been talking about the Grand Canyon since we were like five years old. You know, the Grand Canyon. The seven wonders of the world. Uh, it's, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so you have 15, 20 years, whoever knows how long for you absolutely get there to build this thing up in your head. And then you rock up and it's just this massive. That's the problem. It's so big of a space to take in for the human eye. I think to really experience it, You've got to like hang glide over. You got to go, you know, you've got to get a heli over the top. Yeah, That's the only yeah. way you're going to you really fathom it. Yeah, 100%. Rolling on that prom metaphor, if you're taking if you're taking the time, if you're taking a girlfriend and you've spent a lot of time, you're probably going to have a pretty good prom. And what I mean by that is like take your time and go in, spend the week, hike, do a rafting trip down the river. Taking the time makes the Grand Canyon an amazing destination. But if you're just rolling up and seeing it, it's kind of like yeah. Wow. It's this like is asking. Massive. It's like asking Sally to the prom like two weeks before prom. You take it there. What, what are you really gonna have? It's just I'm Sally. Actually, yeah, you're really hitting on. That's kind of my prom experience. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for hitting on it. Uh, it's the same thing with any of the seven wonders. I think a lot of the seven wonders. I went to Angkor Wat, and by that point, I'd been through so many temples. I was like, well, just another big fucking temple. Also, if you get to Petra, I'm sure like that's such a cool 
Wall and the Rock. Uh, you're kind of like nah, Petra. Petra provides. Yeah, don't step on Petra. <laughs> you, well, but, you're doing but, what? But not Petra. Yeah, but no, but Petra scale wise, you walk up. Petra's fucking in front of you. Like you can see it. You can walk up to it. You can walk underneath it. You can fathom it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scale is 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 a big thing here. Scale and time. I also said that Niagara Falls is a big letdown, but then you were like, no, don't step on that. Like, I think Niagara Falls in terms of vastness is probably second. I, I'm, I'm hopefully going to do Victoria Falls eventually, but there really is nothing else size-wise like Niagara Falls. Are you saying in North America or the world? I'm saying the world. Like, it's a big water. Have you there. not heard of Iguazu Falls? I know what I'm trying in to Argentina, say is like, Brazil? I'm trying to say is like, it's a top contender. Niagara Falls looks like a leaky faucet. <laughs> You're really on one at this point. Um. <laughs> Let's move on to our next award. And Nate, I'm calling this the Long Island Iced Tea Award. Ah, the Long Island Iced Tea. Blackout. The old girl. <laughs> Blackout in a cocktail glass. When I was broke and drinking underage at nightclubs in D.C., I'd walk in, slam two of these, and see where the night took me. This award goes to my best party hostel in the world, and the award goes to the Wild Rover in La Paz, Bolivia. This place exists on an alternate plane in the travel world and in Bolivia. This is the type of place you wake up, swear you're not going to drink that day, and next thing you know, you're shit-faced at noon. It is a compound of absolute debauchery with over a hundred beds. It also, Nate, I might add, contains the highest Irish pub in the world. Is that not a feather yeah, yeah, you don't need there, yeah. in your cap? I'm flying to Bolivia tomorrow. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to put it there. Every night there's a new drinking event. In the morning, the fellas wake up and watch a bit of footy from around the world. It is the nexus of travel as people pass from north to south through South America. If you don't believe me, Hostel World ranks this place as the number three party hostel in the world. So there you go. I think it's important ooch, to know ooch, this. Ooch, I think ooch, this ooch, this just sounds like one of those places ooch. where you get it's impossible not to get swept up in it. I we looked at the list of the top hostel uh, crazy party hostels in the world. I have not been to any of them. I think the idea of having something like that be a destination, you're kind of like, oh well, I'm going to Bolivia, La Paz. Also, just so you know, the altitude probably makes drinking pretty cheap. It's probably pretty cheap. On top of that, the altitude isn't La Paz at like. Did I mean, we say seven, a, 17,000? Oh, no. Is it that high? I want to say no, like 11, 13 or 14. 11, I thought it was like 11,000. Either way, fact check. Crazy Nate stats. <laughs> Crazy uh, Nate stats. But I think, you know what? I'm I'm all in for it. I want to try it. Can, can I just say here, being in this little Western bubble in the middle of La Paz and just partying and raging with other Westerners, eh, you know, it's not always great, but an experience is an experience. And... This is a hell of experience. I was supposed to stay there for two or three days. I think I ended up there for four or five days. I met people who were supposed to be there for a week. And next thing you know, they were like bartending behind the bar and been like a month. Right. And it's just <laughs> blackout city. It's, it's, the fourth, it's the fourth dream world and in inception where you're like, <laughs> has that guy been here the whole time? Once you go down to the fourth <laughs> level, yeah. time turns into decades. Part of the reason this place gets the juice it does is La Paz, it's kind of in a tough situation. And there isn't a lot of things that appeal to young Westerners who want to party and drink and booze. Like, there just aren't a lot of bars there that stay open to midnight. Yeah. And restaurants and stuff that cater to that. So this place, they're serving breakfast at 7 a.m., bangers and mash, you know, and foods run until midnight. And it's all catering to the Western palate and stuff like that. So this place is really just, it knows what it's doing. It's nailed it. To get onto the other side of things, because we focused a lot Flip on... Flip the coin. Flip the yeah, coin. We've done a lot of this. It's been hostel-centric here on the pod. So I wanted to briefly add my hotel option to this. And Nate, that is the standard Highline in New York City. It's the grown-up Long Island iced tea of places to stay. They've got a German beer garden, chic cafe, rooftop bar with sweeping views of Manhattan... A crown and ginger will cost you $18, though, so bring your credit card. They've got an exclusive nightclub called Le Bain. 
The rooms at the Standard Nate have floor-to-ceiling windows that overlook the Hudson, which are known for their voyeurism. So, you know, just in case you want to give NYC a show, let everybody know with what you're working with, you can do that there too. You literally don't have to leave this place. It is an alcohol-fueled adult playground. It has everything. I had to extend my stay a night the last time I was there. Shit got so crazy. If you don't want to, if you do want to go out, excuse me, they've got the High Line right below, Chelsea's right there, the Meatpacking Districts. It's all at your fingertips. That's that's my favorite part of New York, and I spent my last night in New York before I left for my year and a half um, at that German beer garden. They've got the ping it's pong amazing. tables no, out it's ama- there. I was like, I was amazed. I was just, it was an incredibly good time, and I actually thought the beer garden wasn't the worst deal. No, it that's was, a hot. That's a hot take. It was not bad. No, decent prices. I think they've selling like beer pretzels, maybe a couple, you know, meat and tube form. I think they've got some brats or some sausages back there on the grill. Hell yeah! <laughs> it is a it is a solid place for every flavor in every age. There you have it. The first annual roadies, maybe only annual. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Awesome. Well, let's wrap it up. Like the Jake from State Farm Award? (laughs) We're going to wrap this up like the Jake from State Farm Award and go off trail one last time this season with a domestic destination that might not be one of those signature east-west crisscrosses, north-south boppity bops. Where are we going this week, Brad? (laughs) So... With so much uncertainty in the air this summer about international travel, we wanted to identify somewhere here in the States that felt new, that felt like an adventure. We joked last season, is Maine the new Mykonos? Is Idaho the new Iceland? Well, I think we found a little something for you guys. Behold the Upper Peninsula. The UP, as it's referred to, is a chunk of land sandwiched between the Great Lakes. It's connected in the north to Wisconsin, but it's actually part of Michigan. It's the size of Denmark, but with only 5% of the population. Let me say that again. 6 million people live in Denmark. Only 300,000 live in the Upper Peninsula. This is a raw, wild piece of land that really comes to life in the summer. I've been hearing about it for years now. Nate... What's got you juiced about the UP? Besides that juicy census data bit of information you just dropped on me, a lot of things, to be honest, Brad. But I think I love looking at maps, and I think I look at the map and go, like, what's going on over here? And I think that is kind of what happened in that I've heard about the UP, but you kind of see that and you're like, that's really not around anything. It's rare that a region of this size, as you said, the vastness of Denmark, packs this much mystery, intrigue, a.k.a. I don't know anything about this. So I think (laughs) it's worth a bit of a deep dive to kind of get in there and see what is going on. I also have a lot of friends from Michigan, and they just talk about it fondly. But they actually haven't even, like, they don't really say anything specifically, just positive things. It's kind of like folklore. And I think it's a great way to... Exactly. (laughs) Not Taylor Swift's 11th album... A myth. It's like the Kaiser Soze of America and the state of Michigan. I don't know if that's hitting with me, but what is going on up there? (laughs) So there's all, like you said, there's all kinds of nature and places to explore. We'll touch on that, but I'm particularly drawn to places because of the culture. And the UP has this weird mashup going on. So we said it's U.S. territory, obviously. It's part of Michigan, but has this bond to Wisconsin. It's also super close to Canada. So you've got that influence, too. But the mind bender is there's this huge Finnish influence. Apparently at the turn of the 20th century, a bunch of Finns immigrated here and the surrounding areas, creating what some have called the sauna belt or sauna belt. I need to go right now. (laughs) Which I think is hilarious, but it also means they brought sauna culture there to the UP, which I think is kind of rad. So Nate, could we say the Upper Peninsula is the Finland of 2021? Well, I think my my short answer is yes. I have not been to Finland. I've not been to the UP. It has something in common. I love the idea of like a late night, 11 p.m., the sun's still out sauna. But I also love the idea of like a cold swim. And yes. so, as I said, looking at the map, I was like, wait, hold on a second. You're, it's, it borders three Great Lakes. And I was like, what happened? What if, what could you swim all three in one day? And so I looked it up again using my map prowess. 
you like right where Michigan the the mitten meets the UP that, the that lower bridge the, the tip of the finger the tip <laughs> of the middle finger right to the west of there you're hitting Lake Michigan then you drive 15 minutes east and you're hitting Lake Hur- Huron you're bang. hitting like, bang Take a dip and then rip 45 minutes north, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what is that? It's Lake Superior. Bang, Are you kidding? Bang. Imagine, I just, you know, COVID's over, cocktail, is like a, you're a cocktail party, and then someone like, you're like, oh, excuse me, I, th- I think I heard you mention Lake Superior. Let me just tell you this now it is way more balmy than Lake Michigan. Imagine knowing the difference between the three, if there is a difference. <laughs> or what if just you pulled out at a bar years later and go, yeah, you know, one summer I swim in three of the Great Lakes in in two that's hours. A, yeah, that's like a that's like a true truth and a lie stat. I, you know, and I think you know we talk about these offshore destinations. Like, you want to be interesting? Do some shit like this. Yes, <laughs> jump in there. Get to you the fi- you want, I hate to say it, but you want a fire? You want that clout? You want that fire Instagram story? Imagine waking up and being like, "Yo, Instagram, I'm swimming in three Great Lakes right now in the next three hours." And then you just knock it out. Unbelievable. The likes will come rolling in. <laughs> anyway, Definitely. moving on. I wanted to highlight um, a spot that I found there. It's called the Porcupine Mountains. You should definitely Google this yourselves. They just look incredible, especially in the fall for that fall foliage. Speaking of the gram, locals call this place the Porkies. Nate? I mean, who doesn't want to see a place called the Porkies? I'm all there. Uh, it's super... Sawtooth, Sawtooth and the por- Porkies are really grabbing my attention. Yep, let's do it. It's super close to Copper Harbor on the northeastern side of the UP, so you can bundle those guys together. And I think, you know, obviously, Copper Harbor is kind of a, a, a destination in terms of got a lot of camping spots. But I think looking at, like, things to do... Let's just start with our bread and butter, driving. I love a great drive, and I also love a good road. A, mm-hmm. Sorry, did I say good? I mean great. And I'm hearing, I've heard folklore, more folklore. Again, just folklore's rolling in here. There's an awesome stretch from Grand Marais to, to Munising, or vice versa. 198 twists. That's child's play compared to my friggin' janky Thai van. Twists and turns, but it goes along Lake Superior and the Pictured Rock National Lakeshore, and it just looks stunning. I was just beep bop booping all along on google maps and i was like really i want to go there i want to go there and i was like it's a it's like a five or seven hour drive but it's it seems like it, you just make that into an event spin a whole day there and pictured rocks another super googleable instagrammable spot it just looks you did you see pictures nate Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that was the first thing I knew about the UP was the pictured rocks. Yeah, and they had this specific rock called Chapel Rock. It's a rock in the ocean with a freaking tree growing out of the top of it. And I was like, Bwah, what is this place? We talk about going to see things you haven't seen before. I have, I have not seen that. Have you ever seen a tree growing on a rock in the middle of the ocean? Hell nah. I have not. One last little thing about this place for me, at least what I've really, really jazzed about, Nate. This is like lodge and in country, which I absolutely love. No chain hotels, except in the major towns that you don't really want to spend a lot, a whole lot of time in. When you're talking lodges, inns, it just automatically shifts your experience, right? Pick, yeah. I'm picturing a night in the Pleasant Moose Lodge or the Bear Cove Inn, which are both real places. Come on, Nate. I feel like what you could do is like put a random word generator for these lodge names, and I'd believe all of them. Give me animals, give me 15 animals, give me like five adjectives, and then like 16 geographical features. You could be like reindeer ridge. What about? Oh, I mean, like. What about the. Am uh, I, is this a side? Am I going to go to the UP and start a lodge? The honey, ba- honey badger cliff lodge. Boom. I think it might be a bit wordy there, but I think there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of good meat there. I, I definitely think that atmosphere in terms of something that's a bit more sparse. You're going to have some really good experiences there. And I'm sure there's probably some unique Airbnb experiences worth looking into. Sure. Um, in, ter- in terms of activities, I looked up and you, there's like boat rentals. You can rent ATVs. I think you even mentioned that a lot of people just ride around on ATVs and like razors versus actually having cars. Yeah. But just it looks like ATVs on roads and then next minute like jumping off onto a dirt road and ripping. I mean, that unreal. sounds like an innate experience. 
100% I was like, uh, are those the Braps calling my name? And so I think besides that, like looking at the water, you can rent pontoon boats, you can rent speed boats, you can rent, uh, if you want to slow it down, you can go hiking right along the water. There's a lot of good vistas. But I think, you know, it seems like there's a lot of good breweries and you could really make it your own experience there. But also, who knows what's going on up there? How about you go and tell us what's happening? (laughs) To that point, I felt you're going to love this little nugget. Do you know what the 45th parallel is, Nate? Yeah, that's where our um, that's the that's the where the boundary is for the northern part of the United States for the most part, right? Almost. So the forty fifth parallel is the halfway point between the equator and the North Pole, and so wrong. I can't believe so. Fuck, Nate. <laughs> so the UP sits above the forty fifth parallel, as does Montana, North Dakota, Washington, and like a little bit of I think Vermont. Only 5% of Americans live above the 45th parallel. So That's no one. <laughs> yeah, UP, know who's living up there. What's going on up there? Nobody knows because only 5% of Americans live that far north, which to another point, it's fucking cold up there. So I, You know what? I think, you know what this is? Yo, I'm going to come out here and say after the whole Finland thing, this is the United States Scandinavia. You can't fly to Sweden right now? Boom. Boom. You get a, yeah, get a flight into Milwaukee. Go to rent Gre- a car, Gre- Bay, whatever. Yeah. yeah, take your dad as you said to a Packers game. Boom. Then rip up with your honey, Badger. To <laughs> stay at the Cliff Lodge. And yeah, you know it, it's magic. I make a trip. I think it's it's a good one. I I think that's a great note to end on. Go to places you haven't been before. Anyone can go to the bread and butter. Cabo. I know her. Have I been? <laughs> I also haven't been to Cabo, but I've been to Cabo. If you know what I mean. But the UP, I haven't been to. Let's go see some new no. shit. And it's in our backyard. The get road, up off your, the get road up off provides. Your Let's go. The road provides. Season finale. <laughs> what a way to end it out, Nate. Thanks, listeners. We appreciate you um, supporting us and chiming in, giving us feedback. You guys really would keep us coming back every every week. I also want to give a special shout out to my dad. Um, who's an avid listener? Oye, viejito mío, gracias por escuchar y por tu apoyo y todo. Te quiero muchísimo. Pues, cuídate y, y todo eso. Yeah. And Nate, Dude, we've been doing this podcast in Spanish <laughs> the whole time. Nate, you want to shout out any friends, family? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of my close friends uh, have been really supportive of the podcast. Close friends. My dad has been promoting it recently, and that's been awesome. Um, I want to shout out you, Brad. I want to shout out the listeners. Um, maybe the listeners I don't know. I want to shout out your friends, Brad. But uh, Shout out Nate for... friends. They're <laughs> yeah. active on the gram. None of yeah. my friends are active on the gram. You can follow us at The Road Provides Pod on Instagram, where... Uh, some very carefully curated content pops off as do the episodes and it's just follow (laughs) and it's just a great place to to get in touch with us yes and we never ask you guys to do this but if you haven't subscribed to the pod and rated it on itunes yes please do that that'd be helpful i think we're not too worried about the permanent pod. We're just focused on getting better and producing that hot fire content. But we'd appreciate it. We know in that world it means something. Nate, awesome. it's been real, brother. I will see you. Have a good rest of the spring. We'll be in touch, but... Yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'm, I'm going to run up there real soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, listeners. Love y'all. This is The Road Provides. Deuces.